Do you work part-time or full-time? Do you work from home, away from home? And you're realizing you want more control over your schedule. You are seeing, especially with what happened in the this past two years, that time is something you can never get back. But you can't seem to take the leap to leaving the comfort of a job to going into something different. Maybe it's entrepreneurship. Maybe it's investing. Maybe it's just something where you can leave at least part of your nine to five job or the entire thing. Well, I don't plan to ever go back to being a registered nurse, but I gotta tell you, leaving a nine to five job can be scary, scary as heck, but totally worth it. And I'm going to share my story today and hopefully it can inspire you or at least give you some hope so that you can start taking the steps. If this is something that you really want for you in your life, you can start taking the steps in that direction. And if this story definitely inspires you, I would say the next step would be to just chat. Let's have a chat about what your options could be. I have a couple opportunities that I got into that I continue to do till this day with my businesses and I love it. But like everything else, not everything fits everyone, but you gotta at least check it out. So the best way to get in contact with me is through Instagram at Kavai underscore Aquin at K-A-W-A-I underscore A-H-Q-U-I-N. And let's just chat about it. See where you're at, see where you want to go, and we can see where you can go from there. Now let's jump into this episode. Aloha mamas, you've made it to the Homeschooling Entrepreneur Mom podcast. I'm Kavaya Quinn, RN turned full-time entrepreneur and homeschool rock star to five kiddos. I know you're frustrated with homeschooling. You know there's a way to make it fun, but you haven't figured it out yet and you're overwhelmed with combining homeschool and making money from home. You're wishing for a way to integrate homeschooling and building a business while giving your kiddos the gift of entrepreneurship. So if you're ready to create a homeschool filled with fun and adventures while you're making money, get your favorite mama juice and throw your hair in a messy bun, let's get to work. Aloha, my friend. Welcome to another episode. Today, we are going to be talking about why I don't plan to ever go back to being a registered nurse, but how leaving that nine to five job, that J-O-B was super scary, but worth it. And this is definitely for you if you currently work part time or full time, but you have this like gut feeling, you have this thing that is pulling you towards having more control over your schedule. Because one thing I always say is that the thing we can't get back is time. And if you, like all of us, went through the craziness of last year, the last two years, you realize that time has gone by so fast and things are worth it, like way more than a job sometimes. Like your family, your spouse, you know, just doing more things to experience Uh, moments, adventures, and so much more. So I'm going to share my story with you and why I don't plan to go back to being a registered nurse. Um, I'll take you back to where I started because that's not ever, that was never in my plan, especially when you're in high school and trying to decide, right? What do you want to be? I was not that person. I was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Never once did I say that ever, ever in my high school, like from high school, even in college, never did I say that. 
I actually didn't discover entrepreneurship until after I graduated college and I was already a registered nurse. So let's take you back to high school. High school, I was that overachiever, straight A's, summa cum laude student. I was that one. Um, I love knowledge. I love school. I participated in three sports all year long. I practically lived that school. I ended up getting a full ride scholarship. I got a full full ride scholarship to one college, and I also got a uh, partial scholarship, like a half scholarship for another school. But that was actually their highest scholarship there too, um, because that was my goal. Like I was like, I'm gonna go and get a job. I'm gonna go to college, get a job, and I'm not gonna pay for college because I knew my family couldn't afford it, um, and I didn't want to get stuck with all this like student loans. So I worked hard in high school to get what I thought was the American dream. (laughs) It was what we're all told, you know, go to school, do really good in school, get a scholarship, go to college, graduate, get a job. And I remember when I sat there thinking about what do I want to do after high school? I didn't have a clue exactly what I wanted to be. I knew that I wanted to do something in the health field, but like anyone else, most people, they don't know what they want to do afterwards. So I actually went to college for a biology degree because I thought that was like basic enough to cover majority of the classes or courses I needed in order to go into anything um, in the health field. Uh, Let's fast forward to my junior year in college. I got burnt out, totally burnt out of school. I was practically like going 100% from when I was probably kindergarten all the way through college and I needed a break. I realized that my initial like thought of becoming a physical therapist wasn't really what I wanted to do. So I just continued and finished the rest of that degree, my biology degree. And I went to work in the health field to discover more about the health field and where I wanted to be. So I took about a year or two off to just work. And when I did that, I discovered nursing. I worked in the ER, worked around nurses, and I loved it. That's when I decided to go back to school. So I actually have two um, degrees, bachelor degrees. I have one for biology and I have one for nursing. And yes, I do not use, technically, I don't use any of them because I don't have a nine-to-five job anymore. But I decided to do nursing for a few reasons. And I'm going to be real. One, I always knew I wanted to be in the health field because I wanted to help people. But more so, I wanted that money. I was like, great pay. There's like so much different variations of nursing. So I will never get bored. (laughs) And if you know me, like that's me. I get bored sometimes and I want to do something different. I want to explore things. So I was like, okay, that would be perfect fit for me being a nurse. I also became a nurse because I loved their schedule. I realized, wow, I don't have to work five days a week. I can work three days a week. I can work two days a week. They do 12-hour shifts. I love it. I want to do that. So a lot of factors came into play when I decided to become a registered nurse. And I thought I hit the gold. Like I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life because I was living in Hawaii and that is a very expensive place to live. And I was like, okay, I need a job that will support, you know, my living expenses, but still be able to travel, all the things. I thought I had everything planned out. (laughs) And then I had kids. 
Yes. So when I had Riser, he's my oldest. When I had him, something happened between Kamaka and I where Kamaka actually got laid off. Not between us and marriage, but just with our jobs. He got laid off from his job. He was working full-time and I was actually working part-time as a nurse. Well, he got laid off from a welding job he was doing. And for six months, he became stay-at-home daddy. And mommy became the full-time working parent in the home. Now, mind you, we learned very quickly after that that Kamaka needs to work. Like <laughs> That just drives him. And that is okay. If you're a person, you're like, I love my job. I love to work. Then obviously, this is not for you. And Kamaka is that kind of person. But for me, I was working full-time. And as a new mom, this is within the first year of Riser. Like his, he was not even one years old yet. And I was working full time. I was commuting to work about an hour there and an hour home, working about 10 hour shifts. I took a supervisor position because it had more pay, but I was still working or away from home 12 to 14 hours a day. And I hated it. <laughs> I hated it because... I was just missing out. Like that wasn't what I signed up for. I was like, no, I became a nurse because I didn't want to be away from my family this much. And so I worked at until Kamaka got a job back um, so that, you know, I can go back to part time. And I thought I was okay. But during that moment, I still remember, like, I think I shared this before. I'll share it again. I had to witness my son walking for the first time through a video and it broke my heart because I my husband filmed it and I remember my son was walking and it was another family member who caught my son like who he was walking to and all I kept thinking in my mind was that was supposed to be me I'm supposed to be the one who's supposed to catch my son for the first time I'm supposed to be the one where he is supposed to walk to for the first time and I am at work and it like shattered me I remember just sitting there during it wasn't even lunch break I was just so busy at work that I was just trying to eat between patients and I just remember seeing that like having this breakdown in the middle of my work day and that was when I decided like never gonna work this much again I'm gonna find a way to work less and then I did. My husband got, a, you know, he got a stable job. I actually went to part-time and I was like, okay, I'm cool. I'm cool again. And then I had more kids. <laughs> it's like the theme, right? I had more kids. When number two came around and number three came around. Well, let's back up to number two. So before I had number two, before I had Aizen, we actually got pregnant with another baby and I had a miscarriage. The most heartbreaking part about that was when we decided to have another baby. So we had Riser, and then about two years after that, we're like, okay, we're ready for another child, and we tried to have another baby. I didn't work anymore. Like, <laughs> I went to the doctor, and they're like, oh, you have issues. And I went, we had to go to an infertility clinic through the meds, through the doctors, and we got pregnant off of the meds and super excited. Because we went from having a baby to not being able to have a baby to struggling. And then we had a baby again. And we we're so excited that we told everybody. We were like, we have, we're pregnant again. We're super excited. 
And then about 11 weeks in, I had a miscarriage. It was literally two days before Christmas. And I remember I was working when I had to call in sick. And that place where I worked at, I remember there was a few of my coworkers who saw me leave um, because I used to work night shift, who saw me leave in the morning. I called in sick later that day because I was bleeding. But obviously no one can see bleeding, right? Like I'm not announcing it to everyone. Well, they decided to tell my supervisor, she looked fine. And my supervisor like did not believe me when I called in sick. And there was this whole thing about it that we had to actually get it settled through my union and everything where I had to tell them, like, I didn't want to be like, hey, I'm I'm having issues with my pregnancy. Like, I should be able to just call in sick. I got a doctor's note and everything. And my doctor was like, you need to stay home. And eventually I did have a miscarriage. And it was just, like, heartbreaking. Like, now everyone who's like, how's the baby coming along? I'm just, like, telling people you're not pregnant anymore. Like, I felt like that was just, like, another second stab to the heart after losing baby. So going through that also made me realize, like, I am overworking my body. I am doing too much. Um, If I want to have a family, I need to be, like, very mindful of how I'm spending my time, who I'm spending with, um, and, you know, how do I pour back into my family? So that was a huge lesson in that time of having a miscarriage. And when we eventually had Aizen, who's number two, Aizen and Zyrus, two and three, came back to back. They're 14 months apart. And I was working, I went from day shift to night shift. I was working night shift as a registered nurse. Actually, I was working night shift for a while, um, but I stayed permanent night shift. Like I remember when I got Aizen because I thought if I work night shift, I'm going to miss out less on my kids because I really didn't want to miss out on them. I was like, I am never missing out on a step ever again. No child of mine is taking their first steps without me. Like I was determined. And what eventually happened was I was like, I'm going to be a night shift nurse because my kids are sleeping. I don't ever have to worry about like missing out on moments. But what ended up happening then was I missed out on all bedtimes and all good mornings. Like, I want you to think about this. This is such a little thing during the day. And I'm pretty sure majority of, of the people take it for granted. Um, but I never, every time I worked, I never got to say goodnight to my kids. I never got to tuck them in. If they had nightmare during the night, I was not there to comfort them or anything like that. And that's heartbreaking because, like, they would remember mommy not being there. Like, I'm supposed to be there, right? Like, you're the mom. You're supposed to be there to comfort them. And that's what I believed and that's what I felt. And I, and that was hard. That was hard for me. And then in the morning time, I was never there to say good morning. Because by the time I got home, I got off shift at 7.30. But it was an hour plus drive to drive home. And by the time I got home, it was 8.30, 9 o'clock. My kids were already awake. They were like full force into the day. And I never got good mornings. Like I got good morning when I got home, like, hi, mom. But I never got like the sleepy bedhead good morning cuteness that you can see every morning. And when I realized that, like, I'm really missing out. I'm still missing out on little moments, not just big milestones, but little moments every single day. And I heard something. 
um, from a conference that I went to for one of my businesses this weekend. It's like, stop counting things in time. Jesse Itzler said this. If you don't know him, go follow him on Instagram. Amazing fire speaker, Jesse Itzler. And he said, stop counting moments in time. I mean, stop counting things in time. Count them in moments. So for example, if you work night shift or if you work five days a week and you're like, I don't get to see my kids until like, I don't get to drop my kids off in the morning because I work too early. So my husband drops them off. Well, you're like, I'll catch up on that another time. So that means you don't get to see, you don't, you know, do good morning to your kids, maybe only twice a week, which is Saturday, Sunday. So instead of going like, I got time, like we got all these times, like this whole, I can say good morning on the weekends. Well, 52 weeks a year, it's like a hundred times a year. That's less than a third of a year that you get to say good morning to your kids. Like, wow less than a third. That's crazy. Because when we're like, ah, it's not too much. You can break that down. He broke it down into like seeing your parents. Like how often do you see your parents? So we live in Washington and our family, all our family lives in Hawaii. And my mom, we see a lot, but like my in-laws and other family members, I think we see them once every other year, like actually in person. (laughs) So you count that. Let's say your elderly parents or elderly family members only got about 10 years to live and you only see them once a year or even twice a year. Let's say twice a year you see them. Well, two times 10, that's 20 more moments with someone. And that hit me to my core when I listened to him say that because I remember that with my kids when I was working a as a even part-time or full-time nurse, I was missing out on moments and that moments was dwindling. So I realized I need to do something different. So I actually dabbled in entrepreneurship before I took it seriously. I dabbled in it maybe like um, we had Riser. Um, We went through the miscarriage and I was like, okay, entrepreneurship is pretty cool. After we went through the miscarriage and we had Aizen, that's when I realized like I need to take this seriously because what if I want to work less? And that's when the fire got ignited in me. I was like, whoa, this is possible. Like this is a whole nother avenue that I've never explored, but I never actually like dedicated my time to. And that's exactly what I ended up switching the, um, switching my mind to. Like, what if I just take it seriously? And I did. I took it seriously. And I like to count it in kids because when I had riser, I was full nursing. And then when I had Aizen, I was hobby entrepreneurship. (laughs) By the time Zyrus came along, which is baby number three, which was 14 months after my second child, I was like, there is no way I can continue being a nurse and still have all the time I want with my kids. I have to figure out another way. Well, I did. I got into entrepreneurship, started making money, started replacing some of the income. I did it in a process where it wasn't just like overnight, I'm like, I'm deciding to do this and like quit everything. No, like I did it in a process. I figured out like, okay, how much money do I need to make? What do I need to do? How much do I need to work? I ended up doing all of that in my head, writing it down on paper, kind of writing out a plan just to see where I was at, you know, and that's what I did. Worked at it every single day. Was able to go from part-time to on-call. 
So I worked twice a week to working twice a month. And I did that for about another year of working twice a month. So it was a process before I finally left my job. And once I left my job, I was like, I'm never going back. I'm going to do everything and anything I can to continue to go back. And if this is something you're trying to do, if you're trying to figure out a way to work less, but still have the income, because that's important to me too. Like I love that I don't have to show up to a nine to five job, but I also love being a contributor to our finances. Like that is a part of me that I will not give up. <laughs> I'm like, nope, I need to be able to give some income too. Like that makes me feel fulfilled, like being a contributor to our income, our household income. So I'm like, okay, what can I do on my end? How can I figure this out? So I'm going to give you a few tips on what you can start doing if this is something you want to do. So I wrote it down. Number one, you just need to be open for one, because there may have been opportunities for you that just kind of went by. Maybe a friend called you, maybe you saw it on social media, whatever it is, you need to be open because maybe back then you weren't that open. But now that you realize there's a possibility, there's hope, you can actually do it. I, oh, I didn't mention, but I have not worked as a nurse for the last four years. Yes, not worked as a nurse for four years. I even took the leap and didn't renew my license. Like that's how serious I made it in my life. I'm like, nope, I'm not even going to renew my license. I initially had it as a like, just in case something may happen, maybe I should keep it. Nope. I was like, no, if I'm going full course, like full force and all in, then I don't need that. And that was my decision, but I'm just letting you know, it's been four years. So number one, you got to at least be open. Your mind has to be open. Your heart has to be open. You need to be open to actually see these opportunities because like I said, they're probably all around you. And especially if you've been praying for it, God's like, I've been showing you the doors, but you got to walk through it. So that's number one. I was open because I started to feel like I needed something else in my life. And that's when I was like, okay, maybe this might work. Oh, it's working for them. That might work too. And so when I say open, like actually go and talk to the person, <laughs> talk to them, go. If they have a presentation, go listen to the presentation. If they have a um, video to watch, ask them for the video. Like just start doing your homework. That's what being open means. Number two, once you start looking at opportunities and I'll do a whole nother episode on like what makes a great opportunity. Um, no matter what kind of business you're looking into, I have a really good um, format for that. But once you start realizing like this is the one I want to pursue more, then dedicate yourself to it. Like work for it, commit to it. Um, don't treat it like a hobby because it's going to pay you like a hobby, which is nothing, practically nothing. Because <laughs> all the hobbies you probably participate in don't pay you, right? So yeah, uh, note to self, treat it like a business. But it doesn't only have to be the business. Yes, there's a fine line in getting like super obsessed with something and burning yourself out to also going, okay, this is something I want to dive into. I'm going to treat it like a business. I'm going to show up. I'm going to have like, you know, business hours, whatever you want to call it. But also be able to find ways to refuel you, meaning find ways to ground you. For me, I love just going into my backyard and just like, 
tending to my garden because now I actually have a garden that is doing stuff and I'm pretty excited about it. Um, but like, I like to go and just like take a break there, um, give my kids a hug. Like, I like to go read and do things like what really like fills you back up. Um, and that way you're not always like obsessing over something, you know, you you don't want to be doing the thing that you're trying to search for. So for example, if you're like, I'm trying to have more time for my kids, so I'm going to go and work for this. And then you sacrifice time for your kids to work for it. Like, ah, that doesn't make any sense. I actually did that. I, <laughs> I did that with my entrepreneurship journey. So I'm trying to give you some words of wisdom. And that led to burnout too. That led to people quitting. Like, I just remembered how sucky it was when from the beginning to just kind of rejuvenate me back up. But Try not to get yourself to the point where you are sacrificing what you are actually trying to work for. Like, if that makes sense, don't sacrifice that stuff. One way to start it off is write down what you won't do. My friend Ui told me this and I was like, that is so smart because we usually write down what we want to do. I want to leave my job. I want to work less, but also write down what you won't do. What is some things you won't talk about? What are some things you don't believe in? And that also helps guide you too. So number one, just be open. Start looking for opportunities. Number two, once you decide, work for it. And also be grounded. Number three, messiness, failing, pivoting, doing something new is a part of the journey and doesn't define you. Yes, when you mess up, when you fail, when things don't work out, because they always will. Something like that will always happen. That doesn't mean entrepreneurship didn't work. That's a part of the journey. Think about you getting your job. Like when you started learning your new job, you wasn't like number one expert and knew everything from the get-go. I'm pretty sure like you still had to learn about some things, learn about some procedures and steps and whatever. And you had to kind of practice it out, figure it out before you got a hang of it. Same thing with entrepreneurship. It doesn't define you or it doesn't define like if you're successful. It doesn't define if you're like a great entrepreneur. No, that's actually a part of it. It's part of the journey. So understand that once you accept that when something messy, junk, failing, didn't work out comes along, you're like, actually, this is just part of the journey. I'm on the right track. <laughs> it really does help you out. Number four, commit to the long haul. Nothing happens overnight. Let me repeat that. Commit to the long haul. I remember um, one of our um, leaders, Susan Sly, she said, like, when you decided to go to college, you didn't decide, oh, I'm just going to go to one class and I should be amazing and I'll get a degree. Yeah, probably never, ever happened to anyone. Um, you probably committed to like four years of college and then even you had to look for a job. Let's say that took you about a year to find a job. And then you have to become an expert at your job. Let's say it takes about another two years for you to feel super confident and an expert where you could be like, I can train other people to do this too. That's four plus one plus two. That's seven years. Seven years for you to go from not knowing anything to being an expert. Same thing with entrepreneurship. It's going to take you some time to go from not knowing anything to becoming an expert. Like that is something you need to put in your head right at the moment. Like right when you start, like, okay, I'm not gonna like expect me to be making all this money in one month, two months, even in a year. I know even Tony Robbins says, 
Most people overestimate, overestimate what they can do within a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. So true. You probably set this amazing goal of like within one year, I'm going to make X amount of money a month and I'm going to leave my job. And then when you're like halfway there, like six months in and you're nowhere near your goal, you're like, it's never going to work. <laughs> and what people do is they quit too soon. They quit way too soon for to see anything, any of their progress really works, like working out. So understand everything counts. Progress definitely will count no matter how far along you are because you're never going to be back to where you started. You're always going to be moving forward one step at a time, every little, every little bit. So commit to the long haul. And then the last one is what I do within my business, my homeschool, everything, even like life with my husband and my family. It's reflect, have gratitude, and learn from it. Like I said, messiness, failing, pivoting, doing something new is part of entrepreneurship. But you also need to reflect on it, have gratitude. Like, wow, I did that. It was crazy. <laughs> I did that. And it was a little messy and whatever, but how can I learn from it? What can I do next time so that it'll be a little bit more efficient, more better? You know, how can I feel better about it next time? Those is Those little things is what will make you move forward maybe towards leaving your job, maybe towards working less from your job. But it literally just starts with today. Starts with right now. And it's okay if you just restart over and over. You will realize that you're actually not restarting from the place you started from. You're restarting a little bit ahead each time. All right, my friends. That was a lot, right? I know. <laughs> but I really wanted to share that with you. Um, and I'll give you a recap real quick. Number one, start looking for an opportunity. Just be open, heart and mind. Number two, once you decide which one you want to at least try and do and what like you feel good about, work for it. Work for it. At the same time, do not sacrifice the thing that you are working for. At, you know, Don't sacrifice that at that moment. So an example is if you're trying to have more time with your kids, don't sacrifice your kids for this new opportunity. <laughs> You're not going to like it. That's that's setting you up for failure, like legit not want to do it quitting kind of thing. All right. Number three, speaking of failure, messiness, failing, pivoting, all that things actually comes with the journey. So let's say you realize that you were doing too much. You got burnt out. That actually is part of it. There are things to help you so so you can avoid it. But that's part of the journey that doesn't define you, that this is, doesn't define, you know, your success or anything like that. Number four, commit to the long haul. Long haul. Commit to doing this for a while. How long did it take you to get your job? How long did it take you to get your degree? Another example is how long does it take to have a baby? Like from start to finish till you have that baby in your hand. It takes a while. So commit to the long haul. Number five, reflect have gratitude and learn from it. Learn from all your things. I still learn every single day, every single day. There are times where I'm like, okay, maybe I should go back and like re-up my RN license. Like maybe I might think about that for 10 seconds. And I'm like, nope, just kidding. Not going back to that. <laughs> just kidding. Let me go back. Okay, I'm grateful for where I am right now. I'm so far ahead like than what I used to be and then learn from it. 
Okay, I hope that has inspired you or gave you hope. And if you want to chat more about entrepreneurship opportunities and things like that, let's connect, especially on social media. That's my favorite place to connect with all of you on Instagram at Kavai underscore Aquin, K-A-W-A-I underscore A-H-Q-U-I-N. I like always, my friends, only you can go and make your day amazing. So definitely go do it. Hey, mama friend, if this podcast inspired, encouraged, or gave you confidence to take action today, I would love for you to share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Kavai underscore Aquin. Then drop it in a message to another friend who needs to hear it too. The biggest compliment would be for you to take a minute from your busy mama day and leave me a review and subscribe. I'm so grateful for you and I'd love to keep this conversation going. The best way to connect would be in my Facebook group, bit.ly slash H-E-M support group. Till next time, lots of aloha. Kavai.